Hey everybody, I'm Selena. And I'm Gracie. And this is Catching Up With Us. How are you doing? How's, <laughs> How's it been? <laughs> happy Thursday, now that we're recording it, but happy Friday to you that are listening. Oh, man. Let's see. Not much is up. I was just telling you that it, like, I feel like nothing's going on, but I do have, I just got off of a high of my parents visiting Washington, D.C. for a week. Uh, and that was really, really awesome. I guess like skipping ahead to my peak of the week and like what was exciting this week. Uh, I spent the whole entire week with my parents in Washington, D.C. It was uh, both revitalizing, refreshing, and so exhausting. <laughs> so it was a good combination of both. I'm like ready to sleep for, t- I need like a vacation from my vacation, but it was so nice. That's so nice. <laughs> what about inter- you? How's it going? The entertaining tired is a different kind of tired. Yeah, I didn't realize how much it would affect me. And like, I was like, oh, it's my parents. Like, they're not going to require much. But literally every single night, my head hit the pillow and I was out, <laughs> like entirely, which is not normally the case. Well, that's good. You probably slept really well. Yeah, I could use like another week of sleep. But besides that, I'm great. <laughs> what about you? What's going on? You know, just chugging along. Mm-hmm. Um, working, obsessed with my cat. <laughs> um it's starting to get warm and like I feel that we are past our last few cold days and I think we're getting close to officially in summer yeah we're, we're getting there too we had a we had a, a couple of really hot days here too it's like been in the 80s and then it's going back to the 60s for a week and then it looks like it's going back up to the 80s so I'm like great we skipped spring entirely we are straight on to summer but hasn't been humid yet so I'll take it typical dc weather yeah truly never know what you're gonna get like i feel like in dc you have to travel with like a an umbrella a like puffy jacket rolled up into a ball flip-flops like any sort of change in weather attire you have to put in your bag all the time (laughs) yeah i think the best items for dc travel are yes best because that like if you're a little too cold but it's not really cold it's perfect but it's also a good extra layer if it's mm-hmm. cold and then like a light like a thin rain jacket yeah um, like a like a windbreaker yeah shell yeah. <laughs> that's the word for it that's what you need any mm-hmm. time of the year <laughs> yeah I swear I was like when I was walking to work when I have been walking to work over the past couple of years um like no one, anyone that has a backpack in DC has like a water bottle on one side and an umbrella on the other. Like you, you do not get caught outside without an umbrella. <laughs> the skies open up and it's just like immediate. Yeah. But um, we'll talk about it more this, this episode, but I'm, as much as I don't love the heat and hot weather, I am looking forward to doing some, some things that San Diego is really good for in the summer. Like being out on the water and being outside and being at the Mm -hmm. beach and in parks and stuff that'll be nice oh that's so nice do we want to do our our quick uh intro questions before we hop into today's episode yeah what was your highlight with your parents which I'm assuming will also be a a favorite food that you guys (laughs) eat did you cook we did both so I think my highlight with my parents was we had a really fun day where we drove Uh, Or and I both took Monday off and we drove out to Annapolis and we went and got crabs Mm. for the first time this season. Um, So we sat on the water at one of my favorite spots. And because it was a Monday, nobody was there. So it was like empty. 
And so that was my favorite bite, finally getting Maryland crabs, which we didn't get last summer. Um, but also it was just such a good day because we were like walking around and on the water, which even though DC's on a river, you don't really feel like you're by the water. And so to be in Annapolis and like have that was super, super, super nice. That's super nice. Right. And I will also say one of my other favorite bites, which I've made twice in the past week is Mark Bittman from New York Times cooking his chicken scallopine is so good. <laughs> it's like a chicken schnitzel with like a lemony chicken broth wine sauce that kind of goes over the top. So just like, it's not, it's not like a gravy. It just kind of like seasons the like crispy chicken and it's so stinking good. I think I could eat it every single night. Wow. That's how much. So I've been craving a light, thin breaded chicken dish. We well, should try it because we do it with cutlets and it doesn't like we make chicken schnitzel a lot to make with like Middle Eastern food, but like that's like an inch of oil fry. Right. This is like right. butter and a splash of olive oil in a pan. Like it's a fry, but it's more of like a sear. Do and it gets really crispy, but it's not like you know what we do. We stick it in the oven at 200 while we like make the sauce okay. and we pound out our chicken cutlets super thin. So we're not like worried about the chicken actually not being cooked or anything like that. And it's so delicious. This is probably this is for another episode that we have in the works. But, um, we don't buy plastic wrap or plastic bags mm-hmm. at all anymore. Have it in like maybe two, three years. And that is the only time that I feel extremely <laughs> challenged with it because I don't know what to do about pounding chicken. Do you, pa- do you buy parchment paper? Mm-mm. Probably not. Okay. I wonder if you could just do like a kitchen towel. It's kind of gross, but like. Well, we have really big stasher bags that like a mm. good chicken will fit in, but then you have to, I have to like boil the stasher bag. It's just kind of like a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to, th- we've been trying to, we've been toying with different options. We also have like, a- like butcher paper. Yeah. That, I mean, that's fine. Parchment paper or butcher paper is better. Mm-hmm. Um, like something the you plastic can- bag just makes it easy. And then I don't have to clean anything extra. Yeah. Or do you have, um, you know, those, uh, chopping boards that are not thick they're like almost like a thin sheet like a plastic yeah yeah I don't know that's our specific chicken cutting board but I wonder if you got two of them and like put oh. the chicken between it and pounded it out and then just put it in the dishwasher or something like that oh that's a good idea could work Michael usually is I mean I don't cook chicken he does the chicken but he has, can like butterfly a piece pretty small which is effectively as thin it's just bigger but you can also ask your butcher counter like even if you I'm pretty sure it works like this where like if you were to buy like chicken in I don't know if you buy chicken in a package or something like that you can probably bring it over to the butcher counter at the grocery store and they can pound it out for you oh yeah I think most places will do that for you that's a good idea too and then it takes it out completely no plastic needed (laughs) that's true anyways What's your, what's your favorite bite this week? Exciting thing this week. Um, we have been doing the, making a plan at the head of the week for all of our dinners for the last ah. few weeks after your, from you, which has been so nice and like yeah. efficient and easy and takes the annoying takes what you want for out dinner of out of thought out yep. of it, which is mm-hmm. the best thing about it. But we, um, kind of had like a mishmash of leftovers in the 
food in the fridge this week and mm-hmm. abandoned our plan last night and made nachos instead with like the uh-huh. the barbecue pulled chicken that Michael made on Monday yeah. and like the refried beans that I made yesterday and mm-hmm. all the veg and stuff and it was so good. Yeah, I love nachos. I always make so I don't know if you have this problem, but like anytime I make nachos, it's I can never make just enough for like one or two people. I have to make an entire tray, and I'm like, who eats this much nachos? And I then can't eat that much nachos, and they don't reheat well. So yeah, (laughs) they do reheat really well in a toaster oven. Hmm. I don't have a toaster oven, but maybe I could just do it in the oven. Yeah, they do really reheat really well that way. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten down like our two person. I have not because I have a horrible gauge of space and I'll make an entire pot of soup and then pull out a tiny little Tupperware and be like, you think this fits? And I was like, no. (laughs) I also think the trick to it is less chips, more Mm -hmm. stuff, like same amount of stuff that you'd put on like a party platter, Mm -hmm. but like a quarter of the chips. A single layer of chip. Yes, definitely single layer of chip. I go single layer of chip, cheese. Okay. Cheese, then all the toppings, then dollops of more cheese. So it's like Mm -hmm. double melted. What's so your good. what's your like favorite topping combination on a nacho platter? Oh, I mean, I like, <laughs> I love the like whatever on it goes on it that gets goes in the oven, and plus the like green onion or cilantro mm-hmm. or pickled onions or whatever that go on top. After you need, you need something fresh on top of something cheesy and warm and meaty and beany. Yeah, I like the pocket. We make back. I I made I've made black. <laughs> refried black beans (laughs) that's what I was trying Mm -hmm. to get out Mm -hmm. and I love the little like pockets of melty beans I love refried like I don't know if it's a California thing let me know do you not like refried beans they're my favorite food (laughs) I I could eat it with a spoon (laughs) yes 100% I don't Mm -hmm. trust people who don't like refried beans (laughs) yeah and it's not like the clumpy kind. It's like the sauce, like almost like a dip. Yeah. It's like, like on the, it's like on the same playing field as mac and cheese for me as a comfort food. I wouldn't push it for me. I love mac and cheese, but I still love refried beans. For those who could, all of you couldn't see her, her finger went up and was like, I don't know. Mac and cheese, I think it's like my ultimate comfort food like if it's on a menu I have to order it when I'm hungover I make Annie's mac and cheese like when I don't when I'm like when I don't know what else to make or when I'm like having a day or something like I'll make like a a stupid mac and cheese where it's like boiled pasta with like sprinkled cheese and like black pepper mixed in my favorite thing from Trader Joe's is the frozen mac and cheese it's so good (laughs) I'm with you I'm with you I love that for mac and cheese like ever had a warm soft bean and cheese burrito that's kind of feels like a dump in your hand yes so delicious and I think I think it's specific not a it's not a California thing but I think like I can't get that type of burrito and have the same satisfaction here that's true like I feel like burritos in California and maybe like Arizona area too like everything's melted together like the cheese and the chicken and the beans it's like all kind of combined into one like soft burrito but when I get a burrito in DC, it's like, here's the rice pocket and here's the black bean pocket and here's the chicken. And like, I want it all melted and mixed together into like a goop. And like, that's something that I don't get outside of California. No, you can't get it outside of California. Well, when I came home for your, from your wedding, I ordered four takeout burritos and carried them hand luggage back to DC. So. 
man. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Rachel's suitcase every time she goes back home. I don't blame her. It's smart. <laughs> her mom sent us burritos in college overnighted. <laughs> oh my God. Frequently. I need my dad to do that. He overnights me frozen food, but he's never done a burrito. So maybe that's in my next loot. Mm-hmm. He did travel across the country with a box of frozen food. So now I have meat sauce. I have tomato sauce. How much liver? Chop he liver. didn't bring chopped liver. What? Um, but I have some in my fridge, my freezer still. But he brought like meat sauce, to- jarred what? tomato sauce, my mom's cookies. I don't know if you've ever had them. Baba's cookies. They're like a chocolate chocolate chip cookie. Mm-mm. Those frozen. And then he made cheeses while he was here. They were real good. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways <laughs> off the bean now i really yeah. want a bean and cheese burrito but well, we digress <laughs> i originally i earlier i early earlier i wanted a burger but now i'm like oh burrito mm. i'm getting my period soon so i'm like close to those are the I'm, I want. <laughs> tuesday was the end of mine so i'm like right at the tail end of you mm. right before you have you been watching reading anything recently um michael and i watched dream girls the other night it was was the best decision we've made in a while it was so i got the dream girls soundtrack for my bat mitzvah in 2006 and i know all the songs (laughs) i have been singing the main dream girls song for three days because i can't get it out of my head it was so Mm -hmm. good michael never seen it before oh i've been trying to get or to watch chicago for like three and a half months (laughs) i love your next one Um, I saw Chicago when I was like 11 and I went to New York when I was 12 with my mom (laughs) we saw it on Broadway and it was like a burlesque show I was definitely too Mm -hmm. young but it was I I think I saw it I didn't see it I saw it in San Francisco when I was about the same age it was so Um, it's one of my favorites yeah it's so good the music is so good too I I have to watch rewatch dream girls what's a on HBO max I don't know if you have that telling you Yep. In my cool. head, when I, there's a pause, it's just like, dun, 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were watching Grace and Frankie. Very true. And it's very true. We were watching Grace and Frankie, and Robert, Grace's ex-husband, is in Man of La Mancha, and all of a sudden, I just like burst out singing all of it. <laughs> oh, I'm Sancho, yes, I'm. Yeah, the whole thing. I know all of it, all the classics. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about That's you? Exciting. Anything? Um, Did you finish Grace and Frankie yet? We finished Grace and Frankie. Um, the Handmaid's Tale is coming is out, and we're gonna start watching that. We're still on our journey to watch all of the Marvel movies in order. Um, hot take: I loved Ant Man. <laughs> Ant Man is my favorite. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's so weird. Like, it's not a classic." one. I'm like, I freaking love Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd is the best, and Ant Man is the best out of all of them. I think. I thought it was wonderful. I it was, was like, so great. <laughs> Yeah. For yeah, someone who I, doesn't give a shit about the superhero universe, mm-hmm. whatever, Ant-Man is by far my favorite. <laughs> Maybe that's just something about us. No, I loved it. But I also love I Love You, Man, and he's in that too. I just uh, love Paul Rudd. Yeah, he's wonderful. I thought it was great. And so we're still kind of in the middle of that. Oh, um, I watched um, 
Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Mm. It's okay. about all those fantasy books I was talked about reading weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it into a Netflix show. Oh, that's what I hey, it keeps on coming up on my suggested. So I'll watch it. It's good. It's it's like so she the books that there are two two book series. Mm-hmm. One is called I think called Shadow and Bone, and the other one is called The Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. And the show is combining them. Oh, okay. And so I didn't read the one series, so I don't know if the, they mention characters in each other's books. It's possible, right. but um, so it's a little. It's like dense. It's they're hour. It's eight an hour long episodes. Oh wow! Yeah. And there's a lot of like. Con- I think it would be a little hard to follow if you didn't read the books, but okay, it's good. Hmm. I'll put it on my list. I love a good fantasy show. Yeah, it's good. Um, I the circle season two is out (laughs) which is pretty much like the lowest of the trash tv you can get I have this whole thing and I talked to McCall about this but like if you're gonna go on reality tv show like why would you want to be in a room by yourself talking to a computer like you're not meeting anyone like it's all just you I of course I have to watch it because I just have to but it's like one of those (laughs) things where I'm like out of all the ones that you could be on this is the one that you want to be on also I've been following (laughs) news about um the hype house show the what? The Hype House. Oh, the Hype House. I Netflix in the summer. Oh, God. Also just wild. Yeah, that is nuts. Something else we haven't talked about on the podcast. But got a personal connection to the Hype House. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will boost our likings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little tweets. Yeah. Listen to us. Um, yeah, should we get into get into it this week? Yeah, let's do it. So let's, let's do a COVID check-in. <laughs> we are talking about COVID really this week, I guess, but mostly <laughs> um, just doing a check-in with where we're at with the pandemic and <clears throat> how we're feeling about things. It seems kind of like we are both now officially fully vaccinated. Our households are officially vaccinated. We're kind of in this stage that felt like would never come but is now here yeah and things are starting to open and and life seems kind of like it's starting to resume but also that feels weird and different in a lot of ways so we're kind of going to do a check-in it's I mean we're over a quarter of the way through 2021 which is wild stupid yeah like almost a halfway through 2021 so felt like it was a good time to do well check in with the co- with COVID and where we're I, at. With I'm that. totally with you. I, well, first of all, what can you talk to me about? Talk to me about like your vaccine experience. I'm curious. I don't know that we've talked about this on the, on the podcast. I'll tell you, I'm not sure if we've talked about mine, but I'll tell you mine too. Yeah. I mean, I um, work in education. And so I was in the educator tier priority that was in whatever period of time and was able to get it through where I work. Um, That's great which was nice, but, um, I just, there are a lot of us. So it took a while to get an appointment. Um, was the shot actually administrated, administered at like your campus? No, it was at one of our hospitals. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, um, and it was staff only could get only staff could get their vaccine there. So Mm -hmm. it was nice to, it was quick. The first time, yeah. it was like a total of 15 minutes mm-hmm. in and out. Um, there was a little bit of a wait for the second dose, 
I got Mer- Moderna. I keep wanting to call it Marina because that's what my ID is. <laughs> just got the double M in mm-hmm. me, um, which is also Michael's initials, which is also. The first one, I I do not react well to medicine in general. Like, hmm, interesting. I, like Benadryl knocks me out for much longer yeah. than it should. Like, I don't I don't take a lot of medicine, and I don't put a lot into my body. So whenever I do, it, I don't have a good reaction. So I wasn't I was anticipating to have symptoms, and so I was pretty tired and kind of out of it the first with the first one, and then the second one I got this last week and. I had like a really high fever and chills and like feet, like flu symptoms Mm -hmm. for like about 12 hours. And then I was feeling fine. Yeah. It's interesting. So my fiance or got Moderna also, and he got his vaccine, his second vaccine Thursday night, right before you. And like, it, it was, it's very interesting. I'll talk about my experience in a second, but it's interesting because like, you know, to expect it, you know, it's coming. But you're kind of like, okay, is this it? Is should I be feeling shitty? Is this like it's almost like you're like waiting for this to happen, but it, it makes it easier to get through because you're like, oh, it's just my reaction. I'm not actually sick. I don't know. It's kind of a weird like mental thing. It's also weird because like I've had those symptoms before when I've been sick, but like I feel like shit. And I didn't really feel yeah. like shit. I just had those symptoms, which is so yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah. You I feel like I don't know. I always say this, like right before I'm getting sick, I feel like my head's in a fish tank. Like I feel like all my senses are a little bit dulled, like. I kind of feel like I'm like in a bubble mm-hmm. and then, then I know I'm like, okay, I'm getting sick. Like that's my, and you don't, you don't get that at all. You just immediately get a fever. <laughs> yeah. It was very yeah. weird, but yeah. I'm very grateful. I'm very happy. I'm feeling. So you have about what, two weeks until you're like what they deem officially fully vaccinated. Yeah. So in two weeks we'll be good. We'll be clear. One week from and, tomorrow. Yeah. One week from, t- wow. This week flew by. <laughs> Um, yes, one week from tomorrow, <laughs> um, which is exciting and great. And I'm really grateful and grateful that I don't have any issues. And, you know, I was I was always going to get this, but um, I'm glad that it was able to happen relatively quickly. I wasn't expecting that. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. Um... about you? I think we talked about this on one of one of our check-ins earlier, but I got the Johnson and Johnson early on in March because I was pre, I had a pre-qualifying condition in Washington D.C. Um, so I was kind of on the early spectrum of the D.C. Can, uh, vaccines. I got Johnson and Johnson. Um, that's a whole other funny story, but mm-hmm. I felt fine. I'm doing fine. For those who are asking, my grandma has called me to ask if I'm experiencing blood clots. I am not. Um, <laughs> I don't think you know. I'm, you I'm were good. Experiencing <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but I like you, so I got my shot at like 12 PM on a Saturday and like, totally fine. Totally fine. Mind you again, didn't know I had Johnson and Johnson at that time, whole other story, but like, I got out of the shower at like 10 PM that night. And I'm like, is it freezing in here? And, or was like, no, you just got out of the shower. It's probably like, because your like body is wet. And I, and you know, when you have like fever and chills, when you touch your skin, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Like you have such severe goosebumps that your like skin is sore. And I was like, man, like, I don't, I don't think I'm just cold from my shower. And so I like continued getting ready for bed. Like you said, like, I didn't feel sick. I just had the symptoms of being sick. Mm-hmm. And I continued getting ready for bed. And then I got in bed and I was like sh- shivering and I, my face was on fire and my skin was sore. Cause it was like goosebumps. And so I put on like 17 layers 
got all under the covers. I fell asleep with like my hands tucked into like the neck of my sweatshirt because my hands wouldn't warm up. And then I managed to fall asleep like that. And then maybe like two hours later, I woke up, took all my layers off, kicked off the extra blankets and was totally fine. Yeah, I I put my heavy wool socks on my hands and my yeah. feet because I was like, I'm freezing. And Michael touched me and he was like, you're sweating yeah. through the blanket. I was like, I'm freezing. Yeah, yeah. Mine was exactly the same. It's It was I, it sounds like mine was a shorter period of time than you. Mine was like maybe two or three hours tops and I was done. Mm. Um, mine was like all night yeah but But besides that I've been feeling good I had a little bit of a sore arm for the rest of the week but like super painless shot you know I think your tetanus shot hurts more than that like I didn't even feel it no I I'm not like weird around needles but I it was truly like like nothing I didn't even realize hurts more yeah I don't yeah it was nothing so if you're hesitant about getting the shot, please do it. It's really nothing. Get yourself some Gatorade. Take the day off work, the next day off work if you need to, but it's so, so worth it. So yeah. I've been fully vaccinated for almost a month and a half now. Almost, two, I got my vaccine almost two months ago. Um, so that's- Has it changed how you feel about things? Well, I guess maybe we should backtrack for people who maybe don't know. Like how, how have you been doing, how have you been like observing COVID guidelines and what has your life been like in terms of restriction and has it changed at all since you've been vaccinated? That's a good question. So I think like on a spectrum, let's say like one is like loosey goosey pretending COVID doesn't exist and 10 is like hardcore. (laughs) Yep. I would say we're like pretty close to a 10 in terms of how we've been handling all of this from the beginning. Like no socializing, uh, COVID tests anytime we saw literally anybody, <laughs> um, wiping down our mail, wiping down our groceries, haven't been into grocery stores, even though, even with masks and anything like that, we took one flight during, I think like, I would say like the peak of the pandemic. And that was all, truly only because we haven't, we didn't see my family for a year at that point. Otherwise, and we were trying to convince them out of it. My parents were like, I can't not see you for a year or else we would have not. <laughs> Um, truly like take, didn't even go into a restaurant to get takeout, like would make them come outside sort of thing. Like very hardcore taking, taking it. I would say like, as we got into maybe like 2021, we started to loosen it slightly, um, in terms of like seeing some people like one person at a time on our roof and going for walks with some of my friends in the DC area. Like I did not see my friends in DC, even though they lived a block away from me the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so come 2021, we started loosening, loosening kind of a little bit, um, still not going to grocery stores, still not restaurants, still wiping everything down, but like I guess for our own sanity, like seeing a few more people in a very, very restricted capacity and also like seeing one person every two weeks sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, since I have been vaccinated, I have felt a sigh of relief. Um, I went to Trader Joe's for the first time in a year and a half. I went at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, right when senior hour wrapped up. So I was like the first person in and I was out in like 15 minutes. <laughs> Did you spend $500? Spent two hundred dollars in about fifteen minutes. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think like my mentality has shifted. Like I'm no longer what's scared of like 
like I would, I returned something to the store at Madewell instead of sending it in. And like, I didn't shop around. I didn't spend time in the store. I'm still not there yet, but like, I wasn't freaked out by going inside and dropping off a package. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really helped my mentality shift a little bit. I think as my partner has been vaccinated, we've had to have conversations, which is what this podcast episode is about, about like, what are we comfortable with? Like, what do we say yes to? What do we say no to still? How do the two of us ease back into like normalcy in what capacity? Um, And with my parents being in town last week, we actually ate outside at a restaurant for the first time since February, 2019 or 2020. The last time we ate out was when we were in Seattle. Um, Like in March? Yeah, the beginning of February or whatever it was last year. Um, so it seems like we've come a long way in a very short period of time, mm-hmm. uh, but we're also kind of actively having conversations as a couple of like what we feel comfortable with, what are our, our, our quote unquote guidelines. And like, I think there's some things and let me know how you feel about this too, but like, I'm really excited to go back to grocery shopping, but like, truthfully, I can get some of my groceries delivered. You know, I don't need to spend an hour and a half in the grocery store. Like I used to, or like go to the grocery store as a pastime anymore. You know, like, I think there's things that will just kind of fundamentally shift at least for the time being. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But yeah, what about you? What's A, how have you been keeping COVID if you will? And uh, how has that shifted now that you're a week into being fully vaccinated? Yeah, I mean, we have not been, if you're a 10, I would put us at like maybe, a seven, a six, a seven, like definitely taking it very seriously. But also, I think also where we live, we've talked about this before, where we live is very different. Like we have a full front yard, a backyard. We live somewhere with parks everywhere, the beach. Like we have a lot of space and people aren't on top of each other. I mean, we're very populated, densely populated city, but it's spread out. It's huge. It's very different. And so we've also lived in a house yeah two different houses but in in a house like with our own just us and you know pretty private neighborhoods this whole time so we haven't really interacted with had to interact with like the general public so that's made it easier but we you know we we've been to two restaurants in the entire time and that was in the last like two months yeah um we went and sat at a wine bar a few, like maybe a month ago for the first time. The last wine bar we went to was in Italy in our trip in February, 2020. Like that was the last time we were in a bar. Yeah. Um, we haven't been on a plane, haven't gone anywhere. We've gone camping, like drivable distances, but haven't been anywhere. Um, we've seen the same, we've seen people. I think that's the biggest difference. We've, we've had a small group of people we've seen pretty consistently but we haven't seen anybody else beyond that. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, the 2021, like in the last few months, I think have felt more, I felt more comfortable with that. And this whole time, I guess I should say that what we've felt most uncomfortable with is spreading it. Like I yeah. was not really at all, to be honest, concerned with getting it and have, and like, and, and being in a, position where that would have an an extreme negative effect I think like losing my job and spreading it have been my major concerns this whole time 
I the spreading it part of it. I think I'm in the, I think at first, like when it first started happening, I was like, Oh shit, like I'm going to get sick. Mm. But then I, as the research started coming out and kind of like what it was looking for, like for people my age and kind of with my health capacity and things like that, I was like, okay, if I get this, like, it's probably going to suck for a couple of weeks in a month or something like that. And I do have peers that got it and like, it sucked for a month, but they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. Mm. And so I think once that initial fear of like, if I get it, I'm going to hopefully knock on wood survive. It then shifted completely to like, I don't want to be the douchebag that spreads, that spreads it like to my peers, to my parents, to my office, to any, like even in a grocery <laughs> store. To your community yeah. in general, like that is something that you know, as somebody with like the beliefs and values that I have, I just, I, I cannot bring myself to, I, for a long time, person. I could not bring myself to be yeah. the person that would give that to somebody who is either in a, has a condition that they would lose their life from or Mm -hmm. somebody who, and the biggest thing with restaurants was, or somebody who doesn't have access to healthcare where like like someone that has to work. Yeah. And someone who has to work, like, is it really worth the drink at the bar to potentially give that person who's serving me COVID where they then, I don't know, they have, they could have kids. They could like being out for two weeks could ruin their life. Yeah. Even if they don't die. Like being out for two weeks to completely destroy Taking them. Taking a pay I was, cut, having a, an older person in their household, whatever it is. Yeah, like I was absolutely and still am not comfortable with contributing to that at all. Yeah, and I, think I completely agree. Something that I'm trying to navigate as we kind of like, quote unquote, return to real like normal life is like, I've been very judgmental of people who have been doing things in a way that's Sing different. It, sister. <laughs> from different than that because all it tells me is you don't care and that's really hard for me to deal with and of course like if you're listening and that that sounds extreme like I get the choice of like I can't keep cooking for myself like I get it like I get the desire to, to do those things but like personally I just it it feels so selfish and irresponsible to me and that's been something that I've had to navigate with like friends who feel differently about that. And also yeah. as we start to like, quote unquote, resume life, like what is, how do we, how, as people who've been doing that for this long, who also are sick of living this way and would like to get on with our goddamn lives. Yeah. What does that look like? What do we do? Mostly. Yeah. I think I, I'm totally with you with kind of like almost I dare I say resentment and judgmental kind of mentality that I think as someone who's been keeping let's say keeping it 10 or keeping it 9.5 throughout the entire pandemic and like really feels like we've done our part I I hate to say it and I feel shitty for saying it but like we're up on our high horse over here being like we did this the right way right and like how do I navigate such a such an immediate shift to being like I ate out last weekend but I'm still looking at your Instagram stories and seeing you at a pool party and judging you like how do I balance that I want to move back to normal and start doing things in a way that of course I deem safe and like I've thought a lot about it like every single reservation we had with my parents like we did extensive research on and like what does their outdoor seating look like and we request outdoor tables calling them to make sure we had the outdoor tables like it, it we didn't just show up and it wasn't like a normal reservation, right? Like it, it still took research and thought and like we pick neighborhoods we never go to because we didn't want to be on crowded on the crowded area we live 
then we went out to like Navy Yard, which is like just a lot more spread out. But I'm still sitting here at that dinner on Instagram being like, you're shitty. You're at a party. <laughs> like, like, and it's, it's something that I almost think I have to like untrain myself now to not think like that. And like, we're all going to deal with this different. And like, who am I to know if they're vaccinated or like the 17 people at their party are vaccinated? And like, who am I to be that person to judge, even though I can't help myself? Yeah. I think it feels, I don't know that I feel resentment as much as I feel like, what was the point then? Yeah. Like, and I feel like in a lot of ways, like, so much of where we're at in the pandemic and the information we're getting now feels forced to me in a lot of ways. I'm by no means an expert. I'm not a health professional. Like I don't know, but it feels kind of like, okay, we're approaching our second summer of this. Nobody wants to do it anymore. So like numbers are up. Everyone's vaccinated. We're good. You can go outside without masks. Like I'll, all of that get on stuff. A plane, go travel, get back on a cruise ship, whatever it is. It's like, I get it. Believe me. I want to do all those things too. And like, we'll probably feel comfortable and, and do those things in some capacity, but also it feels just kind of like, it feels hard to trust that that's the right thing to do. And yeah. then it feels hard to know what choices to make after so long and then it feels like the people who lived it up this year and went to Mexico 12 times and like flew a million times back and forth to see all the people they wanted to see for like it feels were cheap yeah it feels like really hard and like sort of disrespectful in a way to the people who didn't do that it's like we sack we really sacrificed like you might have felt like you sacrificed but people who really didn't do anything sacrificed their whole year and a half and now it feels kind of like, for what? Yeah. And like, that's hard to deal with. And it's hard to think about going back into the world and inter- interacting with those people because yeah. it feels like how, like in some ways, how, how do I trust them? Yeah. And like, we're so different. Mm-hmm. It seems. Yeah. There was a, I think I sent it to you. There was a New York times article about like, how do we recover from this? I'm not going to get into it. We can probably link it in the show notes, but basically just saying something like how how do we how do people expect us to just like be like yeah okay I'm going to a restaurant I'm going to a bar I'll say yes to your 200 person wedding how do people expect us to do that now mm-hmm. and like what does that look like and like that's been something that you and I have talked about we've talked about with our other friends I'm assuming and with our partners and things like that it's like how do you what's your excuse now and how do you kind of like we had a good excuse because like if people were getting together outside and there was more than two of them, we'd be like, sorry, we're not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Now we're vaccinated. What the fuck do we say? <laughs> like, I mean, we, we are going to set boundaries for ourselves because there are things we are not comfortable doing. Like I'm not going into a crowded bar anytime soon, but if me and two of my friends maybe want to get together outside at a restaurant, at a place that's like not right off the street where people are like walking past without a mask on, I'm comfortable with that. And like, how do you set those boundaries and communicate that to your work, to your friends, to the people in your life in a way that like, you're not ready to just be like, done, zipped up, put away, COVID's over, I'm vaccinated, things are back to normal. And like, how do you expect your friends to react to that? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, either, it's, a, it's they're great, impossible questions, it feels in a lot of ways. And I think like, as we, it's also hard though, because for me, at least like I, 
you know, where we live, this might be where we're looking to move. And this might be like the last summer we have in this place and wanting to make the most of that time means will mean doing those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard because it's like, at what point do people who have put their life on hold keep doing that? And at one point, do they not? Yeah. That's different for everybody. I think the part that I have where I'm thinking that I'm having going to have a harder time is all the things that are more like interacting with the general public because I, I know my friends, my close friends stories. And so like, I might be more comfortable doing something like on paper, like the, the tap, the activity itself is not, would not be something I would be comfortable with, with a random group of people or a large group of people, but like the people that I know I'm with, I know are vaccinated and have been doing X, Y, Z. And so that's. And like, you've done your due diligence of like what you deem is safe and comfortable for yourself. Yeah. And I think like, I see that as traveling. I see that as going some other places. Like I would be comfortable doing that with those, with certain people, but also like thinking about work or like you said, weddings or like the larger it's weird it's It's like I don't like we're currently discussing going back like as it in fully in person soon as if like nothing's changed and it's like am I supposed to go and sit in my office with 25 other people who I don't know have been doing those things like I don't move to a conference room for a meeting with them that's like enclosed space like how do you how do you I don't know And like, what sort of power and autonomy do you have in that? Like, it seemed like for a while our world was, had changed. Like, I feel like all of the learning that we had done over the last Mm. year, this forced, like, go back feels like, are we just ignoring the fact that all we finally realized that like working from home is way more efficient for like 90% of work and like work-life balance is better. People are happier, like are we yeah. not going to continue talking about mental health just because the pandemic is quote unquote over? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, it's almost like uh, this is a horrible analogy, but I'm going to use it anyways, but it's almost like we need this period of like <laughs> grief and mourning to like, then put it behind us in a nice packaged box mm-hmm. versus it being like, okay, this is your life now back to work on Monday. Like, I feel like there needs to be maybe a transition is a better word than like grief, but still grief also. Like we, a lot of us had some huge things happen the past year and like life was not normal. Um, Also a lot of people have lost people. Like on top of feeling this sense of grief of like our life for the last year and communal, there's a huge, I think, weight and cloud of like communal grief that I feel like needs to be processed before we like, move on as a society almost. Yeah. I feel like we need like another year (laughs) to deal with it. And I don't, I'm not saying another year of like not going to restaurants and not doing things, but But like like, easing ourselves back into daily life in whatever capacity that means for you. Yeah. And I think the reality is, is a lot of people, a lot of us will not have that opportunity. I think workplaces are not, I would hope but I think if we know anything, like it doesn't feel like that's the case. It feels like it will, that will not be awarded to most people. Yeah. And I think I, thinking about how to even deal with that is, yeah. is something people should start to think about because it's like, if you work in a place that like respects that and understands that, like, tell me where you work, 
and let me know if you're hiring because that <laughs> is great. But I think like 90% of people will not feel that. And that is yeah. just wild to me because we all experience this like collective horrible period to not give ourselves that same processing time is like wild to me yeah I even like a good example of that is like the CDC coming out and be like people that are vaccinated don't need to wear masks I'm like we've been wearing masks for a year and a half now like I'm still looking at people and even though I know in my brain and I'm a very logical person I'm like reading the news and I trust the CDC I know it's okay (laughs) like because you're vaccinated but I'm like, I still look at people on the street and I'm like, why the heck are you not in a mask? <laughs> you know, like that judgment or like that immediate shift off to be like, oh, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Like it doesn't exist for me. Also, how the hell are you supposed to know if someone's vaccinated? Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's really kind of like a, like, okay, maybe I'm more comfortable now, like pulling my mask to the side when I'm on the sidewalk by myself at 10 PM at night, walking my dog like the second I see someone from afar, I'm putting my mask back up. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that like, we're just not going to be wearing masks in like a couple weeks, potentially that like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. And then, then maybe I'm the weird person. The only person like on a public bus wearing a mask, like that's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I mean, not to like get too philosophical or political or whatever, but like, I think it's very like America to just like, okay, this is done. We're moving done. on. Yeah. We're not going to acknowledge it after it's happened and we're, and we're done with it. And that's like life now. Yeah. And I think the way that we experienced this, like I don't tragedy. Know, tragedy, I was going to say tragedy, I don't, but it is a tragedy, like feels so different. And I don't know if that's because we've, lived through it and when you think about other historical ones but I don't know we've lived through a lot of most of our life has been tragedy at some level and this feels very different the way we experienced this was very different yeah and I hope and I kind of have expectations that it'll be handled different Mm. and that's the idealist in me I think but yeah I think it definitely makes me feel like I want to be in a place that values that and like also thinks that way. And it's been really hard to be in a city that has on the whole has been pretty negligent about the way that it's handled COVID. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like, you know, like moving to a different state with a different color government, you know, things like that. Like how do people feel about that? I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it quite yet because I've not, not not really thought about it. But it's I think it's a thing. I would never. That's all yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> like I, life's too fucking short. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, I, as we talk about like transitioning out of COVID, have you thought about like, what are your? It's not limitations, but like, what are oh. like? How are you thinking about it? Like, what are your? What are you putting in place for yourself, if anything? Well, I, as usual, am like on the verge of a big transition. So I think there's a lot that depends on a lot. Right. But I think I think work will be important. Like I think as I talk to both my current role and people in new roles that I'm looking at, asking mm-hmm. questions about like how has COVID changed your work style and work culture and how do you see that? 
staying? How do you see mm-hmm. that like remaining as we move out of this? Because I think I want to, I want to be in a place that is more understanding. Like, of course, I'm not going to sit here and like tell people how. Or not take a job because of that. Right. But also like, I would like to feel like my voice matters and I have some say in how I work. And I think people should feel empowered to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no precedent for this. So it's not like somebody could refer back to like, yeah, what when we did, did this before. 10 years ago, yeah. Like I would, I, I plan on advocating for my needs and I would hope and encourage everyone to advocate for their needs. And I know that that's scary. And like as an eight and as a communicator, that's something that's very comfortable for me. But I think mm-hmm. I, that's, a, that's, that's a boundary that I have at this point that I'm like not comfortable with certain things. And I'm going to stick to that until I absolutely have to. Yeah. And hope that people are understanding and don't like fight me on that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. Like, I don't know if that means I'm not comfortable going into an office at all, or if it means I, I don't really know the specifics of that yet, but I think be, being able to feel like I can freely communicate that is really important. Yeah. And express your concerns or your, you know, Hey, I'm really not comfortable coming in with that many people around, or, you know, I really don't feel comfortable being in a mask for eight hours while I sit at my desk or sitting in an open floor plan maybe I'll come in when I really need to on Fridays or something like that yeah yeah, exactly and I think um same thing like in public places like I think I've been somebody this whole time that when people which is a big problem here which I'm sure is everywhere but when I'm in line and I'm standing six feet apart from the person in front of me but the person behind me is like up my butt yeah I turn around and I say can you step back six feet And they look at me like I'm a bitch and they roll their eyes. And I say, you're not six feet apart from me. Can you step back and do that? And I'm not going to ask people to step back six feet, but I probably, if people are like too close and I can't remove myself or I don't want to, I'm going to ask them to give me some space. Yeah. Um, But I think that hasn't hasn't happened to me because I haven't been anywhere, but I do respect it. (laughs) Yeah. I just like, I don't, and I like yelled at one person in, in line for food once who was like reaching over the like food counter to talk to somebody because they couldn't hear them. And they pulled down their mask then and t- tried to talk to them. And I yelled at them. I was like, you're doing everything you should not be doing. Oh, how did they react to that? And you could see the woman who was trying to help him like kept stepping back because she was so uncomfortable and he just kept getting closer and closer. And I'm like, how can you be such a shit human that you don't yeah. get that that's harmful? Yeah. Like what in your brain is not clicking? That's like, Oh, remember that thing that's going on? Yeah. So I think being vocal about those things is going to be important to me. And then ultimately, really ultimately though, like pre pre COVID I was already feeling kind of like, we've talked about this before, but like, I don't have a ton of friends where I live and like, yeah. Yeah. The friends that I do have are the kind of friends that would much rather like have a dinner party, have a dinner party at our house or like go to a wine bar on a Wednesday evening when nobody's yeah. there and like be home by eight or go day drink and have brunch and, you know, like those, yeah, yeah, things, yeah. which I feel more comfortable doing anyways. But like, I think more so than having discomfort around 
the number of people or what I do, I think it'll just be more and more selective and more like with fewer and fewer people, which I don't necessarily mind at all. But I think it's just gonna, I feel like the, the few years between like 25 and like being 30 and that was where I was headed anyways. And it feels yeah, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. transition years that might've been this hybrid between being, wanting to go out and doing that and like only doing that have kind of just accelerated. And now we're yeah. kind of in that zone, which I'm not mad about. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I think like my life was heading in that direction in terms of like, I have no desire. I mean, every once in a while, sure. Special occasion, sure. I have no desire to be like in a club setting until 2 a.m. with 300 of my closest friends in like a 500 square foot space anymore. Like that's not what I'm interested in anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's less about like, like you said, like the activity. But I, I think the thing that I'm struggling with and the thing that I've been thinking about a lot is like this level of control. Maybe that's because of like my Enneagram 8 or whatever, my Capricornness is like, how much can I control <coughs> in my social life, in my interactions with people, like one of the things that we've been doing is like, we have a rooftop on our on our building. Like I feel better when I can invite someone to my space that I'm familiar with versus saying like yes to their plans and then potentially showing up and having eight other people I wasn't expecting to be there. I think that's what makes me nervous of like not being able to control the situation of like being invited to a friend's birthday party and all of a sudden we're out at a bar with 200 people are all of a sudden we're in a tiny apartment with 70 people that freaks me out more than just like generally seeing my friends. And I think as much control as I can have on my social life over the next couple of months will, will really put me at ease. Like if I can be the one to invite people and like have control of where we're going and what we're doing, then I know exactly how many people are showing up and what their situations have been. And that will put me at ease. And like, that sounds psycho, but like if that's what I need to do for myself, that's what I need to do. Well, let me ask you a question. Pre-COVID, if COVID had never happened, <laughs> are those still things that you had thought about and worried about before? Yes and no. I think like I prefer making my own fun in general. Like that's something <laughs> that's not new, but I wasn't scared of it. I think that's the difference. Like, okay, I didn't enjoy it because like, I don't know who's going to be there. I don't have control over that sort of stuff. Like there's maybe some people going that I don't love that I'm not super excited to talk to. Fine. But I'm not actively nervous or scared about it. I think that's the difference. So it sounds like that's really just like amplified that already, already like that discomfort that already existed there. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And like, I think like you were saying, there's people in my life my close, close friends that I don't want to use the word trust, but like that I have known how they're, they spent COVID and kind of that they're vaccinated. And I have all that information that I'm like, fine, not a problem. Mm-hmm. But then there's like the whole like friends of a friends and like extended friend groups that I just don't. And I don't, I don't want to be that person to be like, when you show up, please show me your vaccination card. But like, if I have control over who's coming, I know that they've been vaccinated. So it's like, how do I how do I be open to that sort of stuff without seeming like the COVID czar at the front door, like checking people's vaccine cards? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I mean, for me, I think you you are you feel more comfortable with with being in control than I do. But I think I I mean 
it's, it's so hard because I feel like this year has been so much in so many ways about learning about like how short life is and like, what, what do you really want? Like we've all had this time to pause. And we talked about this in the, I was re-listening to the Buzzfeed episode, but talking and just kind of reflecting on the personalities and steps assessments and stuff. But, you know, life is too short not to live exactly the way that you want your life to live to be, you know? And so for me, when you talk about all those things, like I agree with you and I hear those challenges completely. And also it's like, what am I missing? Because I'm afraid of that. And like, how long am I going to do that for? It makes me, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous for like the state of our people, myself. This is something that I talk a lot about with my dad of like, it would be such a shame if COVID alters the way we think about life, like whether it's travel or enjoying things in a negative way. In a negative way. Like it would be such a shame if we came out of this and was and we're scared of flying or we're scared of, you know, going to a new city to travel and things like that. And I think that's something that I don't think personally I will experience that. I'm sure there are people are though. Um, I think I just need time to ease back into it and like understanding and kind of making boundaries about like what I feel comfortable saying yes to. And I will also say one of the things that I think we've, my partner and I have been good at is like, we have that conversation now so that when we eventually get asked those questions, we know our answer. We know like kind of the parameters in which we feel comfortable so that we're not like in two months from now when we get invited to a 30th birthday party and they're like, oh, it's going to be at this bar on a rooftop and there's 70 people going. We know if that's a yes or no situation <laughs> and we can kind of, we don't have to on the spot, like flubber and be like, oh, I have all these questions. Can you like, we already know that that's a no for us, you know? And yeah. so I think yeah. having some of those conversations, especially if you have roommates or you live with someone or you're, you know, like have, having those conversations with your close friends so that like, if I was invited to one of my close friends weddings in May with 200 people, they know I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> um, I think it's all about, and this was the case in COVID, but I think that communication still needs to be present and straight up and straightforward. And like, you just can't really be afraid of offending people. And you, you have to let things go, which I'm still working on and had something like you can't, because someone's doing something different than you, you can't be like, oh, you're doing it wrong, which I really struggled with. Like you and I had a conversation, I think last September about this, of like one of our peers, I was like, you're doing it wrong. And you were like, there's no wrong way of doing it. Like people are doing it all these different ways. And I think that's something that I've been really thinking about and it's getting to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's heavy as someone who's, as people who have like felt this like responsibility to to take this seriously and like have these heavy conversations. Cause I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously this lasted so long because a lot of people didn't Didn't. care or didn't think about it or didn't like self-reflect in their role and the choices that they were making in this. But as people who have done that, it's hard to, to think about what it will look like moving forward. And I think what you said is totally perfectly accurate. I think it's about, communication and I think acceptance like in the same way that like a friend who invites you to that 70 person birthday party 
and you say, you know, like, I'm I'm not comfortable with that. Like, I I love you. Happy birthday, but let's get dinner one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do something else. Like, I'd love to celebrate you, but I can't, you know, whatever, like being very open and not like not making excuses or lying or saying, Oh, we're out of town or, you know, like being very open about the fact that that's why you're saying no and accepting the fact about yourself that that person might have a reaction to that. But then also as the person planning the 70 person party, accepting about the fact us accepting about yourself and that, and your choice, that your choice might make people uncomfortable. And like, that's something you have to live with the same way we've been living with our choices well, really forever, but the way that like people have realized they've been living with their choices for the last year. And I think that's the same thing. I think if people can get to a place of accepting themselves and accepting other people and being very honest and open about that, then it will be easier. You might not agree and it might not be what you want exactly every time, but I think that will help make it easier. And like, for me, the, the part that has pissed me off about people's choices over the last year is the lack of ownership over their choices of like oh I'm fine like I'm not doing anything like I'm taking it seriously but I'm also going to this hundred person wedding yeah you can't have both like yeah I don't care that you're choosing to go to this wedding but don't own it but own it and and own the fact that you're contributing to the spread yeah or don't and don't go you know like this wishy-washy in between has been really hard for me to deal with with people. And I think I'm hoping also the decisiveness in you, like you, you feel like, you know, not what's right, but like, you know, how you would make that decision. It's hard for you to see people that don't know how they'd make that decision. Yeah. And I'm less, I'm honestly way less judgmental of the actual choice. I like don't really care actually what other people choose to do. I'm not judging that, What I'm judgmental of is the lack of ownership of how that affects other people. And if you don't know, and if you're totally unaware then I'm judging you because you're ignorant and that's different. (laughs) But like, if you know, and then you still don't own your shit like that, I can't deal with that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's also like, again, you feel a lot of compassion and like you, that empath in you almost like that is painful for you to be like, how do you not see that? (laughs) Like, how do you not see how that's affecting other people? Totally. But, but, and I like, I know that and the people in my life know that about me. So it's like, by accepting that about me and me accepting the fact that people who are in my life that I love and care about don't feel that way, but they yeah. own the fact that they don't feel that way. That's easier for me to digest. And like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. It does. I'm not judging you because you're shitty or you're not shitty or whatever. <laughs> it's just, it, that's you, my job. But I think like, I hope people can take that level of communication serious, like into effect move as we quote unquote, get out of this, because I think we're going to need that from each other. Yeah. Yeah. I also think like, and this is something I've been telling myself, it's like, it's okay if things change, like, Oh, really? And I, I, and I'm, for me to be saying that as someone that's like very hesitant about change, but like, (laughs) and I think more about it in terms of like your social life, your relationships, like, I think coming out of this, like we were talking about that grief period, like if you grew apart from someone for whatever reason, especially kind of around the pandemic and like what they were, were not doing or what they deem to be safe or unsafe or things like that. I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's okay. Like, I think like 
this year was a lot of like time, most probably if you were in our book, like on your own and figuring out what was important to you and like what relationships were important to you and like what you hold dear to yourself. And like, it's okay if it shifts, <laughs> maybe change yeah. is the wrong word because I don't like change so much, but like, it's okay if those things alter and like, yeah, I, I think this year for me is going to be about like finding normalcy in that, in what has changed and like, I, I don't know. I'm so proud of your growth. That's a <laughs> That's huge. We're going to yeah. take a moment and acknowledge how huge that is. Because that's something that's really hard and scary for you. But like, yeah. that's really big. I'm really yeah. proud of you. And I also think like investing, this is something we've talked about in general in life about like investing in the things that mean a lot to you. But like at this point in time, to give you an example, I feel so much more comfortable getting on a plane meeting you somewhere at an Airbnb that we found knowing that we're both vaccinated than I do seeing some of my friends in DC, even though meeting you somewhere, staying in an Airbnb, we're both traveling in my head seems less safe. Again, I think it's going back to that control issue. It's like, I have full control of the situation. Like I've said yes to you because I know your situation. I know how you handled COVID. I know that you're vaccinated. We've picked the Airbnb together We've deemed it safe. You know, we've decided what we're going to do. We have our reservations. We're cooking at home, whatever it might be, that I feel better about that and saying yes to those sort of things and spending the little bit of extra time and money and effort on something like that than I do saying yes to going to a bar in DC with some of my friends. Yeah. I think that will shift my like mentality around like relationships in my social life for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think I think what in what you're saying is just like sparking this idea that relationships are very your relationships are very different than your social life. And I'm saying you like the general you. Like I me, think, yeah. But you, but me too. Like I think yeah. when I think about relationships and when all those things that you just said about the pe- spending time and money and all of that, like that moving forward, I was already getting to the place where that was all the only thing that You're I was on the tip. Yeah. <laughs> but now for sure, it's, that's the only thing I want to spend my time and money and taking time off and all the things that like, as a full fledged adult with like all this other shit going on, like all of those normally things, seem inconvenient. Yeah. It's like, those are sacrifices. And at mm-hmm. some point, and like they're sacrifices I want to make, they're sacrifices I'm choosing and like will yeah. benefit from, but something is being sacrificed for that. And like, I'm not doing that for my social life anymore. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, I, I would like to eventually get to the point where I have people in my social life that, and I feel comfortable and, and the world makes sense to like meet out at a bar and have a drink after work one day. Like I miss that. And I would like to do that. Yeah. But for the most part, I see that transitioning to just being like, doing that with the people who really mean the most to me. And I think something that we haven't touched on yet, but I think I was thinking about when you were talking about like people who have drifted apart because of differences over the pandemic this last year, which I completely agree with is okay. Mm -hmm. I think also like what our world saw with like racial justice and what came up as values for people I think it's also okay that if people have drifted because we like have been faced with value choices that you can't look back from I think that's also okay Mm -hmm. and like 
if you're listening to this and you're wondering why that friend has been distant this time, like that's probably why. And like, it's okay. Like, I think mm-hmm. at least for me, that's how I feel. And like people, life is too short to like waste time on things that just don't. I think I've had that mentality since I was about 16 years old, but yes. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, but like, I like to, I like, I have friends that have different opinions for me. It's not that I only want to have people in my life that share my same opinions, right. but there are certain things that are like no non-negotiables for you non-negotiables and I'm not sacrificing myself and my value anymore for those things mm-hmm. and I yeah, hope I other that's people feel important. free to do that too yeah that's a that's a I think a heavy not statement but like thing to think about mm-hmm. well I feel like for so long like in I mean again not to get like this is why America sucks, reason number 50. But like, I think societally in a lot of ways, and not just here, but in a lot of places we're we're conditioned to think that like more is better. And Mm -hmm. that's like money, friends, friends, like everything. And I think this year, the forced pause to like live with what you have and who's around you kind of shifted that a little bit. And like, it's like quality over quantity. And that includes people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think it's also, I wonder if we're unique in thinking of that in our age group or is that something, I, I don't know. I truly don't know. I have friends and people in my life on totally different, like, I feel like this point in our life, I have friends on both ends of the spectrum of like, I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to have a house in the backyard. I'm ready to have dinner parties. Like I'm ready to get on with that part of my life. And then I also have friends that are like, who wants to go to the festival for four days and camp and get trashed? And I'm like, whoa, okay. We're really on different ends of like our late twenties. Yeah. I think I have who fall into like all those different categories of it's similar, like within a couple of years, all my yeah. friends are kind of within the same age. I have a few friends who are a lot, not a lot, but a few years older, but all the people in my life feel that way, regardless yes. of how they spend their time. Like they they want to just be dedicate that time. Like relationships are hard. They're work regardless of what they are. And everyone I know doesn't want to deal with the, the that. Fact that don't add and only take away. Yeah. That's interesting. As but I don't know. Maybe like, that's unique. <laughs> I really don't. I truly have no idea. I feel like I see both sides. I also have a lot of like, friends count like friends who think about their life in this way and we talk about it a lot which I think is really helpful like there's yeah. a clear understanding there about how we all feel about those things yeah that's interesting what are like the next things that you feel comfortable doing and that you're looking forward to doing over the next I guess couple months oh I we are we're gonna be we're gonna go on a little like small weekend getaway we're gonna fly for the first, first time, time on a plane since February 2020 wow um we're gonna just go for to a place we've wanted to go for a while and we're gonna you know Airbnb and we're gonna probably do the same kind be the same kind of limited as we are here but mm-hmm. we're gonna 
go, <laughs> which I'm super excited about. And then I think the next priority will be to see Michael's parents either go to yeah. him or have them come, he- probably them come here. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them since Thanksgiving in 2019. So wow. yeah. a long time since we've seen them and he really misses them. I really miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time. So I think that's really important. Yeah. I feel emotional talking about it because it like makes me sad how much he misses them, but yeah, yeah. they're the priority for sure. I mean, in my heart, I'm like, I want to go to Greece. I want to go to Mexico. <laughs> I'd like to go to Jamaica for six months. Like I, that's yeah. what I would like, but I, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I also might yeah. go on like a, a girls weekend with a couple of girls here. I mean, probably like Palm Springs or somewhere close, but we'll go and like have a weekend. Yeah. And then meeting you, I think would be really nice. Yeah. I, I'm like ready for a trip that doesn't involve like visiting fam. I mean, like I'll take as much family time this year as I can get. Cause I didn't get any last year, but like, I'm ready for like a, let's meet in a city and like do something not in our daily lives or like out of my apartment. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready for something like that. I think like, again, I will be picky about like with whom and where and like what that trip looks like. Yeah. But I think I'm ready for some, that's the next thing on my list to like plan. Yeah. I think I also like need some transitions. Like, yeah. Like, for example, you're getting married next year. And like, if I didn't get it on a plane until it was time then, to the party or something or the wedding, I think I would be, be weird. Like really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I think for my own sanity and like my own ease back into things, I also need to start doing that as well. Like, even if it's driving somewhere and like being in a different city for a weekend or like getting on an hour flight and going somewhere Mm-hmm. I think like I need to do that so that I feel comfortable moving forward and that like I'm even thinking about the fact that like okay when I get asked to travel for work in the fall like that's going to be weird I don't know if I'm going to or what that looks like or in what capacity but like I would like to be at a place before that happens where I like have navigated the airport and like have done those things or like checked into a hotel in COVID times or something or post-COVID times Mm-hmm. I want to be at a point where I feel comfortable. I'm not having that like internal panic when it kind of, whether it's for someone's special occasion or for work or something kind of that that's meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> also getting a pair. Of- <laughs> I haven't got my nails done in so long. <laughs> I don't think I've had a pedicure since August, 2019. I think mine's been before that, but sometime in 2019. <laughs> so your girl's getting a pedicure. Probably a massage. I booked a massage for my, I never book massages for myself, but I booked a massage for myself in like March of 2020 and had to cancel it. So upsetting. I don't think I'm ready to have someone breathe behind me in a intimate setting like that, but I want a facial so badly. I want a facial so bad. Again, I'm not, I'm not don't want that right now but like I do want it my friend is one of my dear friends is officially fully vaccinated and has an end of May birthday and I told her to just just go for it book like a massage a pedicure like get a new outfit just yeah. like just I'm so go for it I'm so rationally excited to shop in person <sighs> like I know we can do that now but I'm like I want to go to a mall <laughs> like an indoor mall <laughs> I think eating in a restaurant will also be a big one. I think I've been sitting, I've been passing restaurants and watching people inside. And my first reaction is like, these fucking idiots. And then I'm like, (laughs) assholes. And then I'm like, I want to be them. (laughs) I'm 
I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about like going to a bar with like another couple or like mm-hmm. doing things like that. Um, I really need to go to the dentist. I haven't been to the dentist since oh. the pandemic hit. <laughs> I um, broke a tooth and had a cavity, so I had to go to the dentist. Yeah, I, I was supposed to go last April and then last October, and I had to cancel. But I, I should probably do that. I've been to the doctor um, and the OBGYN in that time, so I kept up on my health, but not the dentist. I felt like it was a little invasive to have someone up in my mouth for a little yeah. while. Maybe, maybe starting with things that you have to do will help. Yeah. the things that you want to do a little mm-hmm. easier. Like we're taking, we have to take Winnie to the vet next week and we're gonna like be in an office with other people waiting and stuff yeah. so my vet I took Lenny to the vet two weeks ago and like it's still handoff like, outside <laughs> yeah um I think so. yeah that's, that's a good mentality I need to get my eyes checked because I can't see for shit when I'm driving far away which I learned this weekend um <laughs> but I need to get my eyes checked. I need to go to the dentist. So maybe that is a good way to like ease myself back into like that sort of stuff. And I know in you and the way you think about it, like doing the things you have to do that you'll get to check off a list will help you feel better about like, I'm going to stop in Madewell today. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That's a good, that's a good point to do. Well, I think on both of our to-do lists is to get together at some point over the next couple months. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm feeling hopeful and I'm feeling excited, but I'm also still feeling, you know, toes. self-reflective and critical. So yeah. baby steps. Yeah. I think I'm feeling reflective and hesitant and critical of myself and others as well. And I need to like figure out a way that's going to work for me to not be like that. Mm-hmm. Work so. on the letting it go. Hmm. <laughs> both in and outside of COVID. That's your life lesson in general. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. Well, I think, I don't know about you, but I feel very much so that we're like light at the end of the tunnel, grateful to be fully vaccinated. Definitely. Have some sort of sense of normalcy start to return. Um, Yeah, as like shitty as some of it like ethically felt to have like actors and people in entertainment be vaccinated before like all teachers or whatever. I also am very much looking forward to having new TV available to me. Like I'm, I've watched everything. I've watched everything that I feel like watching. I would love some new TV. No pressure, but step on it. (laughs) Yeah. Like let's get it together. Yeah. Um, The returns in June. So that'll be great. Yeah, I agree. I think we're, we're getting closer and closer every day, which is great. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. We all stay safe and healthy and the vaccination rollout continues in the U.S. and beyond to our friends elsewhere. Thinking about you, fingers yeah. Are crossed. Yeah. But and excited about seeing and squeezing your face. We'll see about the squeezing. <laughs> nope. You have no say in that. <laughs> You will be sanitized hands. <laughs> With sanitized hands. That's that's all I'll ask for. Fine. Fine. Cool. <laughs> well, this is a good one. Hope it wasn't too heavy for everybody, but also we are who we are. Sorry about it. <laughs> let uh, us know if you're feeling similarly. Yeah, let Similar? us know. Similarly? Similarly? I don't know. Yeah, let us know how you're feeling. Let us know if you need help. 
feeling, getting through whatever, um, follow us <laughs> on Instagram, listen to our podcasts each week. Um, leave us a review on Apple and we'll see you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye.